Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Verse Mark chapter 1, and uh, there are four verses, four little short verses that we're going to look at today, but all of them, each verse tells us a truth about how Jesus' prayer life impacted his personal life and his ministry. And we'll begin a new series today on prayer called When You Pray. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take those three words and, and to break them up. Today is about when. So we're going to talk today about when should you pray. To, next week we're going to talk about you, your heart, the heart of prayer. How it's a relational thing that we are supposed to be doing. Prayer is not a religious thing, it's a relational thing. And Jesus talked about having a heart of prayer. It's so important. And then we're going to look at prayer, the different models of prayer in the Bible. There are different levels of prayer. There's different levels of people in this room and watching online uh, of their faith. Some may be here or watching that you really don't even know the Lord Jesus. You're just here uh, for whatever reason. Well, first of all, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching. But by the end of this service, you will have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Like we saw last week. By the way, wasn't last week awesome? God just moving in his presence. And, and we had people get saved. We had people uh, rededicate their life. We, we did it all last week. And uh, so I didn't never got to this message. So I'm going to preach this week what I had scheduled for last week. So hope it's good. I had to put it in the freezer and uh, bring it back out. And the thought, and we're trying it again. So we're going to see. I, I tried my best not to mess with it this week. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, so Mark chapter 1. And uh, many people, we all know that we should pray. We all know that we need to pray. But we, many don't pray consistently. And like I said, there's different levels of prayer. There's like entry-level prayer. Man, there's deep intercessory prayer. It's different. Um, travailing in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. There are so many deep, different levels of prayer, and that's what we're going to look at. I want this to be a praying church. And I know we pray. Many of you already are there. Others may struggle. And here's what we struggle with. We struggle with being consistent with our prayer. We know we should pray. We know we, uh, we need to. But being consistent is where many of us fall short. So I want to talk about developing the habit of prayer. And since it's January, let's title it the healthiest habit of all for all the January new resolution people. This is the most important habit that we need to have in our life is the habit of prayer. So, Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask your blessing upon our time this afternoon and this morning, God, that you would just have your way. Let us be uh, reminded instructed and encouraged today to seek your face rather because i know lord you're wanting to move among your people today more now than ever and lord revival only comes through prayer by prayer lord as we learn that some things only come out by prayer and fasting but prayer is where it always starts and lord i just thank you for your word today in jesus name amen and amen habits everybody say habits Habits. Let's talk about habits for a minute. Our life is made up of habits. Habits create our life. Our habits create our life. Habits tell who we are. Thank you, Pastor Steve, by the way. Amen. 
Uh, let's show some appreciation to our worship team. They do a, such an awesome job every week. Amen. Habits. Habits uh, tell who we are. What we do occasionally is not who we are. If you get an A on a test, does that mean you're an A student? If you can hit it, I can hit a three-point shot. Does that mean I'm Steph Curry? I don't think so. Amen. But, what we, but if you carry a 4.0, you're probably an A student. That, that's a, we are defined by our habits. They define who we are. They tell who we are. That's good. Sometimes we need to know that. Our, our prayer life, our, our devotional life. We read the Bible every now and then. We, you know, we go to church every now and then. I meet people all the time. You know, hey, Pastor Eddie. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I go to your church. Oh, yeah, how long you been going? Ten years. I'm like, oh, never seen it before in my life. Amen. Now, I know, I know we've grown. And I don't know everybody, but I'm surely I'm going to run across you if you come here uh, a little bit, especially you go in the growth track and we really get to know you and stuff like that. And, and I appreciate that many, you know, watch us. And we got folks watching from all over the place today. I was reading some of the comments. God bless you from Kentucky. God bless you uh, from Florida. We love seeing people, you know, chime in. I hope to, and they visit when they do come into town. Uh, but w- a habit is something that we do regularly. And many of you log on and you are part of the church uh, regularly. But they, they define who we are. Here's the thing. Habits can either help us grow as Christians or they can also prevent us from growing. A habit can do that. Habits can can help us grow when we start developing these new habits, but they can also prevent us from growing. The whole reason why we started a week of prayer and fasting was to help create new habits. And some did and some didn't. And I know everybody didn't participate. I'm not that naive. But I, I would tell you that the reason why some of us did not participate, it might be because we already had a routine or a habit and skipping that meal or coming to prayer that night interrupted our habit of watching Jeopardy. Come on, somebody. I would love to be on that Friday night worship. You know, we need more worship nights. We have one and it don't come. Why? Because Steve Harvey's on with Family Feud. That's my Friday. I mean, mean, you see what I'm saying? So habits, hanging out with my friends on Friday. So whenever God wants us to do something new, if we've got these habits, they can actually prevent us from growing and going deeper in our faith with God. They can. And that's why I love starting off the year like that and fast often because it helps me to create new habits. You want to break some bad habits? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on telling you how to break bad habits. You know how to break them? It's just a simple thing. Create new ones. Create new habits and better habits. When you begin to create, you and I begin to develop new habits, the bad ones begin to lose their hold. I get asked a lot, Pastor Eddie, how do you get your kids? How do we get our kids to make sure that they follow God? Well, what does the Bible say? Train up your child in the way they should go. So when they're old, they will not depart from them. What happens in the middle? It happens in the middle. But if we, the scripture says train. First of all, you know what train means? Train is the Greek word gymnos, where we get the English word gymnasium. So it, it paints a picture of we got to put some work in. We, we got to, and, and train, that word train means to train by repetition. Trained by repetition, by developing a habit. In other words, as we instill the habit of attending church, instill the habit of praying, instill the habit of reading the Word of God, as we put that in them, 
it will begin to take hold in their own life, and then they will begin to do that same thing. Even if some have strayed in the middle, I, I know, I've, I'm a witness of the testimony of how it comes back. Our kids watch us. Amen? And so instilling in them, I have, my kids didn't have to ask on Sunday if we was going to church. You don't have to ask if you're going to school. You're going to go to school in the morning. Quit thinking like you're sick. You're going anyway. And you catch them when they were younger. Be like, you know what? Well, we weren't going to go to school tomorrow. You saying your, st- your tummy hurts? And they'd be like, yes. Yeah. So, you know what? We, we were going to go to the water park. We were going to take... <gasps> they come out. They're healed. It's amazing how that happens, right? I know I played dirty tricks. I'm like, gotcha. Do your homework. My kids knew. I mean, it's important. Now, some, you know, we, and we go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Now, sometimes they did have to ask on Sunday night because we didn't go all the time because I had to get them to go to work early in the morning. But we came Wednesday night, Sunday night, instilling them habits. Them habits can help you grow. What is a habit? Webster says a habit is a settled or regular practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Now, we know that. But let me ask you this. Does this right here describe our prayer life? That's the thing. That's what I'm talking about today. We pray, but is prayer something that we, we, we can't give up, man? We can't give up our prayer time. Then the answer, if we say no, sometimes we go days without praying. You know, or we only pray when things get bad. Then, then what's going on here? It's not a habit yet. And I'm not getting honest, I'm just revealing it to us. We got to get to the place where we said, man, I'm not going to do anything unless I pray about it. I mean, look at Moses. Moses said, I don't even want to go into the promised land unless your presence goes with me. Think about that statement. I don't even want the blessing if you're not in the blessing. But what do we pray? God bless me. I want that job. Even if that job pays more than what you're making now, Moses says, if you're not in it, I don't want it. That's a perspective that we don't pray these days. If it's more money, it's got to be God. Come on, somebody. Right? That's how we think. Moses said, no, and that's not always the case. I don't even want to go into the promised land. And I came out of Egypt. I'm in this wilderness. But I don't even want to get in there unless I want your presence. Why? Because his presence to Moses was a habit. It was a habitual practice. It was something that he loved. And here's the thing about a habit. The habit of prayer, it may be tough at first to develop a habit of prayer because your flesh don't want to do it. But let me tell you something. Once you realize how amazing it is to get into the presence of God. Many of you do. But if you don't, once you realize that, man, you can get into your room and you can get alone with God. You can get in your car, pull over to the side. You can leave work and go to the parking lot and get in your car. You can get alone and and talk to the creator of the universe. You can pray, you can clap, come on, you can clap. It's a Pentecostal church. You can even stand if you get blessed, amen? Hallelujah. Get that culture into our culture, man. Get, get excited about the things of God. Prayer can be exciting. Prayer can become the thing that you look forward to all the time. There's times in my prayer life, man, when I begin to experience this, I, be, I begin to say, God, I'm sorry for not doing this more. And then I begin to pray, God, I, I wish everybody would experience this. I pray over the members of this church. I lay on Friday, I pray for all of you, and I love it, we're over 200-something members, and I know that there's many other 200 that are not members, don't matter, you attend here, this is your church. We do want you to get involved and grow, because it grows for your benefit, but if you attend here, I'm your pastor, I, I pray for you. 
And I don't know everybody, but I know the names and the pictures. But I pray for you on Friday. And this is what I pray. God, let them experience what I've experienced and even more. God, let them experience your presence. But once you develop that habit, you begin to look forward to prayer. Prayer is exciting. Prayer is when we sit in this presence. And we're going to talk about that in in this series, how amazing it is to be in the presence of God. But is it a habit? I want you to look at this. These four verses tell us about Jesus's his habit in Mark chapter 1. You can follow along. I normally don't put the text on the screen because I like you to see it in your Bible. I'm old-fashioned like that. And I like you to see these, the main text in your Bible, and I always put the other scriptures on the screen, but I'm going to put the main text today, and it's in Mark chapter 1. I'm going one, just four verses today, and, uh, but they're powerful, and they tell us about Jesus. Verse 35, now in the morning, having risen a long while before, by say before, before daylight, he went out to a solitary place and there he prayed. Now Luke tells us when he wrote about this that he adds, it was his custom. And he also says he did this often. So what? We first see that Jesus did this, what he had a, a habit or a practice of prayer. He had a habit of praying, and he had a habit of praying first. That's where that actually comes from, praying first. First person I ever heard say pray first was actually a pastor named Chris Hodges. He actually has a book out. I've never read the book, but I have read his other books, Great Man of God, so I do want to give credit where credit is due. He's the one that started many years ago, Pray First Movement. I think there's a whole website, anything like that. But I'm sure, I didn't read his book, but I'm sure he got it from this. Jesus was the first to pray first. What? He, he pulled prayer in front of everything. Before daylight even uh, came, before he did anything, he began to pray. We always pray last, many times. What would happen if we begin to develop a habit uh, before the kids go off to school? Wait a minute, guys. Come here. We're going to pray. But no, come here. I don't care if you wake up late. Come here. We're going to pray. What if we prayed before we went into our, our work, our shift? What if we prayed before we sent that email? Listen, pray before we post it on social media. Come on, please pray. It's for everybody. Pray. Pray over our food. I don't know. Hopefully you do that. Why? Because the Bible says to give thanks for the food that you have. It, it teaches gratitude, number one, when we pray. But it should be a habit that we pray before anything. And if you haven't done that, start. Praying first. Pray first. It's in, I want to get that deep into our culture. Every ministry, we've talked about it before, and our ministry leaders know that. Before you start, you pray first. Our River Kids, pray. we got pre-service prayer every Sunday, open to everybody. And let me just say, uh, since we've been having these pre-service prayers, I've been seeing a difference. Have you been seeing a difference in our services? Getting back to that culture of revival. I want to thank Mary and Amy uh, Smith for... Uh, being so faithful with prayer and Amy comes during the week and some others of you do and some of you pray at home regularly and you let me know uh, for the church but they come to this church and pray during the week I want I love that I love that get it in the culture but praying first this was Jesus's habit how do you start a habit let me give you some practical ways real quick the Bible says and Jesus had a place he had a place a solitary place that he went to often. Do you have a regular place that you meet with God? If not, let me encourage you to get one. Me, in our house, it's our, it's our spare bedroom. It's Evie's room. 
Evie's my little Maltese that we keep. And she's got a little, uh, I got to get her out when I'm praying because she's so distracting. Anyway, so, uh, but that's our, that's our little spot. We pray there uh, all the time. We, you know, sometimes we pray together, husband and wife, uh, but we pray there all the time. I pray in the living room. I got many places to pray. But let me also say this for those that's been praying for a while. Listen, routine builds growth. Routine is what builds growth. Once you get growth, listen, change your routine. It's like when you work out, right? You start lifting weight. You can't stay there. You got to go up to the next one, right, Tomas? You got to go to that next one to build muscle. Same way with growing. If your prayer time is getting stale, change it up. I know pastors, and, and I've been doing this a little bit, they change translations every year of their Bible. They, you know, I use New King James. That's just, I love that translation. But I've been using the New Living to do my study. Change it up. Do NIV, NLT, whatever. Change it up. Why? Build that, you're building that routine. You're building that habit, and you're building that strength. But it starts with having a place to pray. A place It's such a habit when we go on vacation. I don't care if we're in a hotel or Airbnb. First thing I look for is where's my place going to be? It's usually overlooking something beautiful. And we have the sunsets, and I'm a sunset guy. I love that. I I don't get up early on vacation. Hallelujah. I sleep in. It's of the Lord. He gives his beloved sleep. But you know where I'm going to be at 8.30 or 9? That's when I sleep in. Uh, right there in that spot, having my coffee and devotion in the morning before we go zip line in. And, and sometimes our vacations make you more tired than before going. But we, we do, it's a habit now. It's a habit. It may be a walk in the woods. And then there's a time when God calls me to prayer. And man, we're serious. I pray this building. I walk this building. I got several places in the building. As the seasons change, we're here in Michigan. And so it's not always as sunny and, and warm as it is outside that we have. Amen. It's sunny somewhere. It's warm somewhere. It is sunny today, but we pray. You've got to have a habit. It starts with a, a place, and it starts with the time. Jesus did it every day. I love when we were in Israel, uh, we stayed at a hotel that overlooked the Sea of Galilee, and the woods, the countryside where this happened. This is amazing to sit there. I, mean, I sat there in the morning looking out, saying, Jesus Christ himself went into them woods right there every morning, and he prayed. It's changing life, man. It's amazing. It's amazing. What did he say? What did he do? He prayed. He prayed first before he selected his disciples. The Bible says he prayed all night. And I know all night was probably over Peter and Thomas. Come on, somebody. Lord, you sure you want to use this rugged fisherman? But the Bible says he prayed all night, before he selected his disciples. What does that mean? He prayed before he made any major decision. Praying first. Let's go to the next verse, verse 36. It says, And then Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. So this tells me that Jesus did change it up in those woods a little bit. As they knew, Luke said he always did this. Uh... Mark said he always did this. Matthew said he always did this, but they couldn't find him. Sometimes you've got to not be found. It's, it is good to not always know what's going on on Fox or CNN News. Sometimes it's okay if we turn off those notifications. Sometimes it's okay. We don't got to know what's happening around the world. We can pray for folks around the world, but Putin is still needing Jesus. 
And America is still divided. I don't care who has the House or who has the Senate. The Democrats and the Republicans are just as divided. You have all these... Ain't nothing changed. And those things will call for our time and will pull us. But you know what this tells us? That Jesus' habit of prayer, look at this, his prayer set his pace. Everyone was looking for him. Everyone was looking for him. And those were important needs that they had. Jesus said, you know what, I know you need me, I know that's important, but I'm not going to let the needs of the people, the demands of the people to dictate my calendar. Ooh, dictate my schedule. Jesus said, I'm not going to be hurried by life's problems. Why? Because my prayer life sets my pace. Mary and Martha are examples in Luke chapter 10, that story of Mary and Martha, a couple of friends, and we've been getting together and watching The Chosen. It's a pretty good series. Some folks are asking me about it. No Bible series is 100% and should replace the Bible. Let me say that, okay? But then again, it's a good. They did a pretty good job. And the latest series uh, shows that are out, you got Lazarus, Mary, and Martha are introduced in that series. And this is kind of cool to watch uh, that whole Chosen. They're doing a pretty good job. But um, Mary and Martha were the two sisters. Remember, Jesus came over. And the, what does the Bible say? That Martha was distracted by uh, cooking and serving. It's important. But Jesus, and she yelled in the room and said, Jesus, tell Mary, come help me. Come, tell her, come help me. I'm doing all this work by myself. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're distracted by many things. Watch this. But Mary has chosen. You've got to choose to make a new habit. You don't feel like making no, no new habit. You will in the beginning. But in order to develop a habit, by the way, it takes 21 days, 21 attempts to make a habit. Write that down if you don't know it already. It takes 21 days to switch from a bad habit to a good habit. 21 times. 21 times. That's why many people start 21 days of prayer and fasting, starting a new habit. Jesus said, Mary chose this one thing that is needed, that is necessary and it will not be taken from her. In other words, she's not going to regret. You will not regret living by the pace of grace, by the pace of prayer. And when it becomes a habit, you will learn to, you and I will learn to develop that habit first. Because listen, we set our schedules based on our habits already, good or bad. I had a lot of bad habits. One of them was smoking. I did not start my day without my Marlboro. Come on, somebody. It used to be cool, then it hurt my throat, and I went to Marlboro Lights. I would not start my day without that habit. A friend of mine had a, had a habit of buying a shirt. He would not buy a shirt. Some of y'all looking at me. You smoke, too. Don't look at me. Some of y'all still, I'm just saying, hey, Jesus is a deliverer. Amen. Some, one of my friends wouldn't buy a shirt unless it had a shirt pocket to hold those little gods. And I don't care if it's snowing out, my schedule was over my smokes. Come on, somebody. And my drinks. I can go all day on my bad habits and your bad habits. I got a microphone. Come share it with us. Right? We set our schedule by our habits. Good or bad. Some of y'all drive the same routine to work every day. Try something new. You may like it. Amen. I don't know. I don't know. It's not bad. There's some good habits. A good habit of mine was setting out clothes the day before I went to work. I got up at 3.30 in the morning. 
And you know what? I keep that habit to this day. We raised our kids. We make sure Saturday night we had that talk. Church is in the morning. What y'all wearing? Oh, I'm sick. Uh Oh, you're going to get healed real quick in Jesus' name. Because we got a habit of going to church in the morning. We got a habit. Uh, it's a habit. Everybody see what I'm saying? And we schedule our life like that. And we schedule uh, our habits. We schedule our life around. What if we scheduled our day and our week around our prayer time? That's what Jesus did. Jesus said, man, I know they need me. I know there's urgent needs. But I, I got to stop for a minute and pay. And it's going to... Uh, Live my life by the pace. If you want to hear from God, if we want to hear from God, as Mary taught us, Mary and Martha, if you want to hear from God, you've got to turn the volume of the world down. And you want to hear from God, that's what God is always speaking. Listen, I love the prophetic. I've, I've been having dreams as a kid in the prophetic. I love the gifts of the Spirit. The prophetic is always, God is always speaking. He has something to say. In the spirit, you can kind of see like, like a whirlwind. That's how I envision it. Like a whirlwind. of That's the prophetic of words, of, of goals, of instructions, of what God is doing. But you and I have got to tap into that. And, and, and he doesn't cut any slack. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom. In the early church, in the book of Acts, when the church was growing... And they had, a, they had a division, a problem with the widows weren't getting the Hellenistic Jews, and they had a racial issue going on. It was a racial issue right there in Acts, because the Hellenistic Greek-speaking Jews came in, different culture, to hang out with the real Jews, and they begin to fight. Remember that? And if anyone you think God would give a pass to, and say, you know what, you don't have to spend so much time in prayer, you guys are the first church, you're setting the pace for history... You can skip your prayer time a little bit. It would have been them. But what does your Bible say? It didn't happen. Peter said, we got to get some deacons. That's why they elected deacons. Why? To take some of the burden off of us so we can devote ourselves entirely to what? Y'all know it. Prayer and the word. They said, God ain't giving us no shortcut. No shortcut. I thank God for our deacons. My brother Gary got a call at 1 o'clock in the morning from our, our alarm system. He had to come here and check it out. Our deacons do a lot of things behind the scenes that no one knows about. I'm thankful for our deacons. God bless you, Gary, and all of you guys. They help carry the weight of the burden, making major financial decisions. And we've got some decisions to make this year as a church, wanting to move forward. And we, we need to do some, you'll be hearing about it in Vision Sunday and going forward. We need to hire some staff. We need to do some other things. We need to probably get more chairs. It was like insane. Last Sunday, there wasn't a place to sit in this place. And these are good problems. And, uh, but we've been praying about some things and see what God is going to do. But the deacons, they help with that. But here's the point. There was no shortcut even given to them. They had to learn to pray. Prayer sets the pace. Everybody with me? Look at, let's look at another one. Verse 38. Keep going. Are you enjoying this today? I know I'm not hollering as much and running around. Are you Okay. Tossing babies and running and amen and cartwheels. Amen. You guys okay? Mark 138, the next verse, it says, tells us something else about Jesus' prayer life, his habit. It says, but Jesus said, let us go into the next towns so that I may preach there also. Because for this purpose, everybody say purpose. 
I have come forth. What does that tell us? That his prayer life guided his purpose. They said, Peter, everyone's looking for you. They, got, they need to be healed. They, they, they got some serious, serious problems. And Jesus said, yeah, I know that's a serious problem, but we're going this way. Did you, did you see that? I, I, I know work has given me a promotion, and I'm, you know, hey, I, I know they're wanting me to go here. I know this is happening, and it's important, and it's good. Listen, prayer will guide your purpose. It'll help keep you in the will of God. Jesus got daily assignments from God. Daily assignments. He had a, uh, again, back to Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. His friend, remember Lazarus was sick? They said, he's sick. He's going to die. He needs you to come. He's your friend. What did Jesus say? I'll be there in a minute. Four days later, Mary and Martha got offended. If you read that story, Martha went out to greet Jesus. Mary sat in the house. I might have the names back, but one of them sat in the house. Felt a little entitled because, hey, we're friends. I don't know about all them other people of Jesus, but, hey, I've been cooking you dinner. I've been blessing you. I've been, we gave you a seamless garment. You know how expensive that garment was? The soldiers were gambling for his garment. That, that was expensive. They hooked Jesus up. They loved him. You don't even know where he was homeless for all we know. He just lived with people. People were blessing him. And they loved the anointing stuff out of him. But Mary got a little entitled. Would not even come out to greet Jesus. Jesus said, it's okay. I know he's dead, but he's going he's gonna to rise again. Martha goes, yeah, I know, one day in the resurrection. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, no, honey, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Come on, take me to him. Take me to him. Move that stone out of the way. That's Jesus. Because whenever he may be late on our calendar, but he's always on time on his calendar. Oh, that's good. That's worth preaching right there. That's good. Hey, man. He, he may be late on your calendar. He will wait to the last minute, almost like you. He has forgotten you. But I'm telling you, he ain't forgotten you. It's in his time. I would have loved for God to give us this building and us to grow after five years of being over there on Savage Road. But it didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. It's God's timing. It guided his purpose. Praying this way, having a habit of prayer, will guide your purpose. It'll keep you in the will of God. I can tell you so many stories of how I almost got out of the will of God because I felt like this. And God would give me a dream. I remember wanting to go, and I was doing youth, but Lord, I was feeling to go, and I had this dream of following this truck, and, I, and this truck was losing paper as it was driving. It was driving so slow. And in my dream, I was trying to pass this truck. And every time I did, I wiped out in, in the ditch. And that was it. And I had to keep getting behind the truck. And I was just talking to my dad. And my dad said, well, I'm the truck. I'll tell you that right now. And, you, and God's been speaking to your heart. And you're trying to get out of it. He had no idea. I mean, this is what it was. And the Lord told me, stay where you are. He will always say yes, no, or wait. That's the God answers by those three every single time. Yes, no, or wait. And always remember this. God is doing two things right now. He's doing two things in everybody here. He's preparing the promise for you, and he's preparing you for the promise. That's what he does in the kingdom. That's kingdom. That's kingdom stuff. 
The promise may already be waiting, but you ain't ready for it yet. Or you may be ready, but it ain't ready yet. Prayer will help you keep there. I almost went to Tampa, Florida. Our, our company was hiring. I began to embrace the call of God. I said, okay, I'm going to do this pastor thing. I'm going to do it. And a, and a church opened up. I t- talked with my dad. I said, this is what I'm feeling. And he's like, Eddie, you need to go. The Lord's calling you, you know, and, and at this time in our life and, and pray about it. And I almost went there. And I remember I called that church, and it was a church that had a school. It was a really nice church. And, and uh, I gave him a tape, cassette tape. Had to mail it. They listened to the sermon and they liked it, and they called me back. And we were going. My girls were going to college, Southeastern University. It was right outside Lakeland, in Florida. Who does not want to go to Florida in January? This was January. We always pray in January for something like that. Uh, called down there, and I this and the deacon called me, and he was like, you know, we wanted you to come, and just all this stuff, and. He said, you know, we got a guy in here now. He just, you know, he just can't, he just can't preach or whatever. He was just kind of speaking. And I said, okay, and the Lord, in prayer time, prayer guides your purpose. The Lord said, call that church. I called that church. The interim pastor answered. I began to talk to this guy. Sweetest, nicest guy ever. This guy was from Pennsylvania. He said, our dream has been to pastor in this town. My wife has got an opening at her position. She's now an executive making big money. And they transfer her down to Tampa. He began to say, uh, and I'm filling in, and I, this church is just, I can't wait. To, and he just had a, and as he began to talk, the Lord began to release that right from me. I said, brother, I said, let me pray for you. I said, you're going to do well there, but you got two deacons on your board. You need to get off. <laughs> because one of them already had a plan. Last I checked, that church is healthy, doing great. One year later, my dad came to us and said, boys, I'm going to retire. One year later. Another prayer time was that weekend. I know it's story time at River of Life. That weekend that y'all voted us in, Melinda and I in. Saturday, I worked Saturday. Saturday, I went into work. My boss came out. I saw my boss there. He's never there on Saturday. He called me in the office. Some of you know the story. But he said, Eddie, he said, an opening has come up in management the other guy went to Chicago. He's in the front big office, making big money. This is Sara Lee Bread, Intamin's Baked Goods, Brownberry Bread, Bobley Pizza, that company. Bimbo Bread owns it all. I worked for him 15 years, loved it, great job, hard work, made good money, was happy. And the Lord called me to pastor the church. Same weekend that y'all were voting me in on that Sunday, my boss comes to me Saturday and says, Eddie, we got a job for you in management. You usually have to have a business degree to even be looked at. I don't have a business degree. But, man, there's something about you, Eddie. You just excel in your work. We want you in management. On Saturday morning, the day before, you guys voted me in as pastor. What you going to do? Linda was like, I'll tell you what you know. <laughs> Y'all voted for me. I remember we had 40 uh, members, 46 members. The vote was 47 members. 46 of you said yes. One of you said no. <laughs> Steve said, somebody missed God. Amen. I don't know. He said that. Amen. I think they just said no. They said, Brother Leach looked at me, our superintendent. He said, Eddie, that's a good vote. I looked at Melinda. I said, okay. Uh, we didn't go full time. Church wasn't able to do it there. I went in, but I remember going in. God, I prayed about it. And God said, that's it. I remember I prayed, God, if, if it's a good vote, this is what I said. Lord, if it's a good vote, I'm going to know. 
good vote is usually unanimous or whatever. And Brother Leach came to me and I said, one of them said no? He said, I knew you were going to say that. He said, Eddie, and he said these words. He said, the Lord wants, wants you to know that this is a good vote. He had no idea. But God told me that in prayer. Why? Because prayer guides your purpose. This Easter, by the way, will be Melinda and I's 10th year as your pastor. So I think you did. Hope we did all right. Prayer guides your purpose. And sometimes it's not that deep. Let me just say this and then we're going to close. Kind of. First closing. We were, got our start in a mega church. Melinda and I went to this church. Uh, huge. Assembly of God, 2,000, 3,000 people. It was awesome. We got in there, and I remember uh, we didn't do anything but just get fed and, and grow. And I remember Pastor Brown, uh, he's like uh, the man of God for our family. He's with the Lord now. But he said, Eddie, he said, have you found out what God wants you to do yet? And I said, uh, no, I'm praying about it. He said, what do they need help with at your church? Every Sunday they announced they needed help. Pastor would get up and say he needed visitation help and and evangelism help. And I I told him, I said, well, I'm just praying. He said, what do they need help with? And I began to announce a couple things. He said, God is telling you what to do. He said, Eddie, jump in. Find out what they need. Give your whole heart to it. And if God wants you to go somewhere else, he'll, he'll tell you. But he doesn't tell you by sitting on the bench. Get in the game, boy. That's what my pastor told me. So I looked at Melinda and I said, well, God has spoke. Thus says Pastor Brown. We got in the church. We begin to work. We begin to serve and haven't looked back. Sometimes it's right there where God is saying, this is what I need you to do. It's not that deep. You don't need an angel. Gabriel did not appear in my room and tell me to join the kids team. It was like, this is what we need. Last verse, and then we're going to pray. Mark 139, and it also says, And he, Jesus, was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. What is this? Prayer was the source of his power. Prayer was the source of his power. He had a habit and a practice. Prayer set his pace. Prayer guided his purpose. And prayer was the source of his power. I learned this when I was a baby Christian. Brand new in the Lord. I discovered that there was a correlation between my prayer and my temptation. My temptation to go back into the world and party and, and, and live like that. It was strong after the newness of salvation wore off because the new car smell will wear off. And I remember when that began to happen to me and I began to discover that when I spent time in prayer... The, the power of temptation began to lose its hold. Because you could part. Jesus drove out demons because of that power. That is strong power in prayer. Remember like this. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. That's exactly how this thing works. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. We put that flesh down and we begin to get in a habit of prayer, you're going to see. And I remember I began to develop my habit of prayer and I, my first book I ever read was Smith Wigglesworth. And I watched, I read his life and how he prayed, took communion every single day. So I tried that. <laughs> and you can't do it the way other people do it. You can mentor and glean, but you're an individual. You've got you to gotta pray the way that you have prayed when you talk to God. I couldn't take communion every day, but I did learn to develop my prayer life. And I prayed committed to one hour a day. You know how long one hour is if you ain't used to praying? 
So I got a piece of wood. I got some carpet on there. I'm reading all these books on prayer, prayer generals and all these prayers of all these guys. And I went down to my furnace room in Melvindale and, and I, that was my prayer closet. I'm going to pray for an hour. Hallelujah. And after my pride wore off, after my, you know, I'm so spiritual wore off and, and that and, and all that, then I, because I, I didn't hear nothing from God for days, for weeks, nothing. Fell asleep a couple times, furnace woke me up. I said, God, this ain't working. It was hard. But then when I get all that pride out and all that self-righteousness out, I said, God, I don't know how long I'm going to do. I started praying for like 10 minutes. Then I would go over to my drums. I'm a drummer, and I would just have worship on drums. I usually don't worship in, with drums. That's very different, but it's, I would. And I would just worship God, and I just flowed in the Lord. You know what? God began to speak to me. That's all I'm wanting, Eddie. You don't got to be like Smith Wigglesworth. You don't got to be like Joyce Meyer. You don't got to be like Stephen Furtick. You don't got to pray like Pastor Eddie. Just talk to me. I'm your father. I'm your dad. Talk to me. Love me. When, I, when that began to happen, man, God just began to show up in that room. The thoughts that I had that were depressing and bad thoughts that I began, I began to go through some mind battles, they begin to lose. The temptation to go back and party begin to lose. And I'll never forget, I was saved maybe a year. And our family went to Southland Mall. You might have heard me tell it. And I remember we was walking in the mall there, and I was, the family was all there. I looked down, and there was a bag of weed in Southland Mall. And I remember looking at it, and I saw it. And I remember I reached down, and I picked it up. I smelled it. I want to make sure it's real. It was real. And I looked at it, and without hesitation, listen to me. Without hesitation, there was a garbage can. I threw it right in that garbage can. And I walked. Now listen, I said that for a reason. There was a time, even though I was going to church, I would, oh, i got to tie my shoe. I'd have grabbed that little, stuck that in my, in my shoe. i got to go to the bathroom, y'all. I'd go in the bathroom, I'd get it, put it in my pants. I'd go home. Hey, babe, i got to go wash the car. The enemy will give you a reason just like this. You, you can't think of a lie on your own that fast. But when it comes to sin or things you don't do, you have people showing up at your house talking about, I'll buy if you want to go out tonight. They never bought when I used to drink. Tried to quit smoking, I found a carton of cigarettes in the parking lot. I never found cigarettes when I smoked. Hear me. But I remember, this is what I remember about that, the feeling of that thing had no hold on me. That's what I'm telling you. When before, I would have struggled. <laughs> In my mind, I've been picturing it. What happened? The habit of prayer. Prayer, that power, that power. It's not always casting out a devil. Sometimes it's casting out the temptation. Sometimes it's casting out the devil that's been influencing you all day. Well, our problem is we ain't in that prayer closet. We're not getting in that prayer closet enough and saying, God, help me. And then I begin to love to spend time in the presence of God. Went back to my old neighborhood. I go up in a crack house. I could go right back anywhere. Like Jesus said to his disciples, the God of this world is coming for me, but he's got nothing in me. Why? Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was God in the flesh, and he had a habit of prayer. That's how it works. Ain't no secret. I will tell you this. If I would have picked that up that day, possibly I would not be here today. There was no pastor. Pastor Steve didn't come out of, of, of uh, 
Victoria's Secret. It was right by Victoria's Secret. If you come out of Victoria's Secret, brother, I'd be praying. He didn't come out of one of them stores with his keyboard and begin to say, let's worship. Come on, you get the point. Amen. Come on. I didn't feel it. I just had to, had to do my point is this, man. When you live in prayer, you have that power, and that power is just there, man. Whether you feel church or not, it ain't about that. You will walk in a power. I guarantee you. So as we close, finally, for real this time, for your Monday, if you don't already, this is for your Monday, get a place to pray. Start tomorrow morning. You got a place. It could be your car. It could be your living room. It could be wherever. You're going to have a designated place. Some of you already do. Great. Maybe you change it up if you ain't hearing from God. Have a time. David prayed five times a day. Daniel prayed three times a day. I make it a, a, a habit to pray. I stay, the Bible says pray without ceasing. That means pray without stopping. How do you do that? It don't mean you stop and just pray nonstop because you wouldn't do anything but starve to death and die. He means it's an attitude that you're, here it is, always connected to God. You live a, a week like that, just a week like that. Why well, can't man? Well, you may have to change up some of your playlists. You may have to change up some of your habits. You may have to change some of that up to create a new habit. And you will watch. You will have crystal clear vision, crystal clear of what direction of what God wants you to do. He'll begin to because He's always speaking. We just don't have the time to settle down and to sit in His presence. But that's what a habit of prayer will get you and I into. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.